Amen. So good to be in the house this morning. I am uh, blessed to see all of you here. Welcome to the house of God. And and, and see all the new guys and then also all the old guys. God bless you. I want to speak today about mercy. I want to talk to us about mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Anybody with the name of mercy in the house? <laughs> mercy. You see, we are, we, we, are, we are talking about breaking ground. And breaking ground is, is a faith thing. You see, when a farmer... When a farmer breaks his ground to prepare it for, for plowing and to prepare it for the season ahead to, to sow his seed and to, and, and to, to get ready uh, for his crop, when he breaks that ground, he does it because of an act of faith. It is an act of faith. What is the act of faith? It is an act of faith that says, I believe that if I turn my soil, put in some seed, after many months I will be able to get a harvest. It is a faith thing. Breaking ground is a faith thing. And breaking ground means that you've got to sow something into the ground that is broken. Amen. In, and it's, you're looking ahead. At, at, at several months or several days or perhaps even years to come. I was talking to a farmer who is farming trees. He runs a plantation. And, and he says, I'm putting these trees today. I expect to harvest them 30 years from now. They will have the hood that will run my business for generation. Now, while he's talking about this, he was been, he's been breaking grounds, putting seed seedlings of trees that maybe he might not work on, but maybe his sons or his grandsons. But he's saying, I'm doing it now. It's faith. It's a faith thing. Amen. A man who begins to build a house will dig the foundation he breaks the ground because he is believing that after some weeks or some months, there will be a house. And that house will be able to stand on that foundation that he had to break the ground and dig into it for not only a few days, but for years. And he, perhaps he will leave it to his children's children. Amen. So as we talk about breaking ground, I want you to, to, to know that it is a faith thing. And because it is a faith thing, we need to put our trust in God. We need to put our trust in God. Why in God? Because He knows today and tomorrow, and He can distinguish between those two. He knows what will come. He has seen the future. Why? Because He is an eternal God. He is the God of eternity. Amen. He is the God who has determined the end from the beginning. So you can put your trust in Him. You can put your trust in God who knows the future. Who can, who can tell you what the future looks like. Who can guide you into the future. Amen. 
who can give you peace through the things that you will face as you walk and go towards that future, towards the blessed hope that we, we all desire. So we need to put our trust in God. It's faith and it's trust in God. And, and I want you to understand that as God has given us the places and the times where we ought to live and we ought to be, according to Acts chapter 17, God gives us also in the whole scheme of things, it comes out of His mercy. Tell your neighbor, mercy. Most of the time, we know mercy as, 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 when, as pardon. You have done something wrong and they say, well, you were supposed to have been punished in this way, but we will not. We see mercy as like that. Most of the time when you hear mercy, you talk about pleading to be either forgiven or let go over something that could have had grave consequences over your life. But I want to talk to you about an aspect of mercy that has just nothing to do with that, but it is just the goodness of God and the grace of God and the favor of God over your life. Because that is the mercy that we need to live in. Jesus has paid the price for us to be in the place where now it is not the mercy of our sins that we need, but it is the mercy to be able to face the future and be able to accomplish the dreams and the desires and the callings that we have. There is a mercy that goes beyond the forgiveness of your sins. Nevertheless, you must be forgiven. So if you're not born again, you need to come and ask for that mercy. The mercy that says, you are sinful, but I've taken your place. You deserve to go to hell, but I've taken your place that you can go to heaven. You deserved to be a castaway, but I became a castaway for you. Died on a cross, paid the price of your sin of your wrongdoings, of your evil, of your iniquity, of your rejection of God. I've paid that price so that you can have everlasting life. That's the beginning. That is the beginning. We, 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 we need to connect first with God through that mercy of Him going on the cross. And then after that, we need to live out our blessed hope, the life that Jesus Christ gives us. Because His mercy was for us to be able to have more than just to say we are forgiven. Amen. And that's the mercy I want to talk about today. But if you, perhaps you have not made that decision. Perhaps you've not given your life to Christ. That's the first step that you need to do. Say, Jesus, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. Forgive me. Have mercy on me. Perhaps you've backslidden. Perhaps you've gone away from God. Perhaps you used to believe, but you've moved away. Started doing things that you know are not pleasing to God. The things that you know are not giving glory to God. Perhaps you, you've started doing things that are not giving honor to the Lord. Defiling your body. Doing, going into habits that do not please God. There is mercy for you to repent and return to Him. Perhaps you've, you've fallen away from the place where you used to be. There is mercy. His mercy says, come. Come. And I will give you a new life. I will give you a new beginning. 
I will give you a new, a new start, a fresh start, new beginnings. There is mercy for that. And then once we've received that mercy, there is even more that we should experience. And I want to talk to you about that. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. And I want to read from verse 1 to 9. Or maybe you're going to read it. So open your Bible. You're going to read it from your Bible. So if your Bible is on your phone, open it there on your tablet, iPad. You're going to read it for yourself. Anybody doesn't have a Bible today? Then look into your neighbor's Bible. Your neighbor can share. It's Christian to share. Amen. So you're going to read it. And we're going to read it all. Whatever version you have. If it's French or Dutch or Tui, read it from there. Swahili, read it from, from, from your version. I, I'm, I'm reading it from, from my favorite version, which is the King James Version. If you have got the Amplified, read it from the Amplified. You'll probably finish a little later than everybody else, but read it from there. Amen. Are you there? Okay, let's go. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 to 9. And Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you are greatly rejoiced, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. I'm going to read verse 3 again. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Praised, honored, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. By his boundless mercy, we have been born again to an ever-living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have been born again to an ever-living hope, to a lively hope, to a living hope. 
I know what other word your Bible has used. But it's, it's, it's an ever-living hope. It's a lively hope. It's, it's to a new life. We have been born again to hope. Born again to hope. We are not just born again to be just there and say, okay, you're born again, it's enough. But we've been born again into something special. And that something special is a living hope. Our hope is alive. Amen. I told you the other day that you need faith, not so much about having a big, big faith or a great, great faith, but it need faith as small as a mustard seed. What is it about the mustard seed that Jesus was talking about? The mustard seed is living. A seed is living. It has life in the inside of it. And because of the life that is in the mustard seed, because of the life that is inside that seed, you know you are going to get a big tree. And so we have a living hope. We have a living hope. Tell your neighbor, I have a living hope. Jesus is our hope. He is our living hope. He is alive today. He's not dead. You see, this is why I'm a Christian, because I believe in somebody who's alive. He's not dead. There are other things that people believe in, but look, their history. My God is the future. Ah, uh, you didn't catch what I said. Jesus is about the future. He is living. You see, the other things that we could have worshipped are dead. They are history. They did what they did then, and they have stopped. But what we believe in is alive today and continues to rule, to reign unto eternity. It is a living hope. God is a living God. He is a living Jesus. He is alive today. So he rose again from the dead. And the Bible says there were people that saw him. And they interacted with him. And, they, and the, 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 the history books talks about how they saw him again. And how the grave is empty. And I've been to the place where they say this is where he died. And I've seen that place. And it's empty. The grave is empty. There is nobody there. And now people can go and see it like we go in as tourists and we see this place and we see this tomb. He's not there. But the graves of all the others that could be worshipped are there with their bones that are rotting inside. But your Jesus is alive and he gives us a living hope. Tell your neighbor, I have living hope. He gives us living hope. And verse 3, verse 3 is saying, Oh, blessed be that God, our Father. Blessed be the Lord Jesus Christ. Let all the honor and all the glory be to Him. Blessed be Him. Why? Because He has given us an abundance of mercy. I want to say to us, beloveds, that every opportunity that we have in life, the very fact that you are alive today is because of His mercy is because of his abundant mercy, is because of his abundant love for us, is because of his goodness to us. You know, this week and the last weeks, there have been all these hurricanes that are going on. And, and, and I was, every day I've been driving home in the last few days, and I've been seeing this rainbow in the sky. And as I've been seeing this rainbow in the sky, it has continued to speak to me about the mercies of God. 
Yes, there may be people who are suffering because of the hurricanes and we need to give whatever we can give to St. Martin's. If you, if you are here, we want to give something as a church. We want to join in and put something into the St. Martin's help. In, and let's, let's do something. Can we do that, church? Why? Because we are part of the Netherlands and we can share in, in the sufferings of those and support the sufferings of those. You know, and, and we need to do that. But as I've been seeing this rainbow and hearing on the news all the devastation going around and the floods in Den Haag and, and the floods in Friesland and how they've had to open the floodgates that have not been opened in a long time. As I've been hearing all these things and I see this rainbow, I've been seeing the mercy of God. How much God has given each and every one of us an opportunity. An opportunity to live for him. An opportunity to be what he wants us to be. He has given us an opportunity to show forth his praise. To show forth his glory. To give him honor. To give him adoration. And I want to challenge you church. To say what are you doing with the opportunity that God has given you? What are you doing with the opportunity that God has placed in your hand? What are you doing with the things that God has placed before you? I need you to see every day that you wake up as an opportunity to live for God. As an opportunity to say, I'm going to do something for Jesus. I'm going to tell the world, I'm going to tell my friend, tell my neighbor that you know there is more to life than just coming to work or coming to school. There is a hope, a blessed hope that is found in the name of Jesus Christ. It's an opportunity. He gives us an opportunity to do good. Can you do good? Can you just bless someone as you go? It's an opportunity to buy a coffee for someone, buy a lunch for someone who does not have, help somebody with their work. It's an opportunity. There is opportunity for us to bless the neighbor and bless the person we meet on the street and bless the person, you know, bless somebody. Who are you going to bless? We have an opportunity with each and every day. With each and every day, I listened to the story of one woman who said, my home is completely destroyed. I'm living in a shelter. But while I'm living in a shelter, I'm here at the hospital to help all the people that have been injured and, and are wounded and all the people that are sick. And, and, and we need to, to just put whatever else we have. Say, I am better than the people who are here in the hospital. So I've left there and come to be with them here. And I said, my God, wow, how much are we using the grace and the mercy that God has for us? It's not a mercy about I'm, I, I've done wrong, please forgive me. But it is a mercy that says, what are you doing with the opportunities and the graces that God has given for us? Child of God, tongue talking, Holy Spirit filled, what are you doing with each and every day? Can we take hold of the mercy of God and use it for His glory? Use it to be a blessing. Use it to be a blessing. We are blessed to be blessed. Tell your neighbor, I'm blessed to be blessed. And you've been blessed with the living hope. You've been blessed with the life of the living God. He is in you, lives in you. Are you a blessing? Be a blessing. Tell your neighbor, be a blessing. Be a blessing. We, we, need to, we need to come to the place as children of God where we move and live in those opportunities of God's mercy that is given to us. You see, we, we, don't, we, don't, we, will not have, we don't deserve it, but he has favored us. I was just thinking about my salvation. You see, there are many more people that I grew up with. There are many more people that I've had interactions with. 
but they are not saved. They don't have the peace that I have. They don't have the joy that I have. They may have sometimes more things than I have, but they don't have the joy that I have. And, and, I, and, and I look at it and say, it's not because I'm so privileged. It's not because I had a good background, but it is because of His mercy. But the question is, what am I doing with the mercy that is given to me? How am I living? How am I living in the mercies that he has given to me? And so he says, you know, he has given us that mercy. And we need to live and move and work and dwell to give God glory in the opportunities that mercy presents us. And, and, and I want you to know this, that his mercy is abundant. The Bible says he's boundless mercy. He's boundless mercy. I know sometimes, you know, when we have done something wrong, we, we, we feel like we should not be forgiven. But I want to let you know that there is mercy enough. There is more than enough with Jesus. There is more than enough to deal with your situation. Sometimes we think we've strayed so far and we can't come back. But I want you to know that mercy is boundless. It says abundant mercy. There is, it's, it's more than enough. That's what the Bible is saying. It's countless. It's unlimited. There is, there is room for you at the cross of Calvary. You don't have to work it out. You don't have to sweat it out. You need to come to his mercy because there's more than enough. There's more than enough. His mercy is abundant. And I want you to go with me quickly to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3 tells me about how, how abundant that mercy is. It's a story, it's a, it's a cry of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is seeing the distress of Jerusalem, the distress of the children of Israel. And he writes this book called the Lamentations. And in chapter 3 verse 20, chapter 3 and verse 20 are you... Chapter 3, verse 20, he gets there, and, and, and while he's looking over Jerusalem, he's, he's thinking about his pain. He's thinking about all the, the, the hardship that people are going through, and, and, and all the, the, the disobedience of God's people. And, and this, he then says, my soul has all these pains in remembrance. Has, my soul has them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. While he is, he is thinking about all these things, his soul suddenly comes to a place where he remembers. And I need you to come to that place of remembrance. Go to verse 21. And he says, and then this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. I recall this and I have hope. What does he recall? He recalls verse 22. Verse 22 says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions or his love, it fails not. This I recall to mind. What does he recall? He recalls the mercies of God. He recalls the love of God. He remembers the mercy of God. He remembers the compassion, the love that God has for you. In the midst of his pain, in the midst of his bitterness, in the midst of the challenge, in the midst of the trial, he recalls the mercy of God. And when he recalls the mercy of God, the Bible says, then I have hope. And I want to say to somebody, there is hope for you. 
in the abundance of God's mercy, there is hope for you. Verse 23. Verse 23 says, they are new every morning. So if in case you thought that the mercy was going to end, I want to tell you that the living hope has mercy every morning. Hallelujah. That is why it is living. That is what distinguishes the mercy of our God and the mercy of all other things that could be worshipped. Because the other things that could be worshipped, the mercy is only for that day. But the mercy that we are under when we are in Jesus Christ is new every morning. Somebody say new every morning. It's new every morning. There is new mercy for you every day. It never runs out because it comes fresh every day. It's fresh every day. There is enough for the day. And so Jesus says, you know, there is enough evil for every day. But here, here is a, here is a, here is a thing that I want you to hold on. His mercies are more than enough every day. His mercies are new every morning. And what great is thy faithfulness. He is faithful to his word. He is faithful to his promise. He is faithful to what he has said. And he has said, not a single stroke of my word will go unfulfilled. I am faithful to fulfill my word. I am faithful to do that which I said I would do. I am faithful to fulfill my promise. He was faithful to Jeremiah. So he spoke to Jeremiah and said, Jeremiah, you know, yes, I know my people are going into captivity. But after 70 years, they will came, come back. And 70 years, they came back. I've been telling you the story about why Ezra was rebuilding the temple. You remember that? Why Ezra was working on the foundation. Ezra chapter, chapter, the whole book of Ezra. And we talked extensively about Ezra chapter 3. Why were we talking about that? Because of the faithfulness of God. He has fulfilled his word to Jeremiah. He had fulfilled his word to Jeremiah. God was faithful. He even said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, yes, even though the people are going into captivity, tell them this, that they should build homes. They should get their children married, even in the places they go to. And they will prosper them there. And the children of Israel, they prospered wherever they'd gone. You see, you look at, at today's history, even today in history, wherever the children of Israel go, they prosper. And so you are wise when you pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And the scripture says, may they prosper, those that do so. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Israel. Pray for them. Pray and commit them to the Lord. Give them to God. And God will bless his people. He will not only bless Israel, but he will bless us as well. But you see, I, I want you to hold this, to see the faithfulness of God. See the faithfulness of God. And so Jeremiah says, great is thy faithfulness. Your mercies, O Lord, are new every, every morning. His mercies are new every morning. And, 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 and he says to himself in verse 24, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope, whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Wait for the Lord. Hope for the Lord. I told you that we need to trust in him, hope in him. And know that the Lord is good to those who put their hope in him. But his mercies are new every morning, abundant every day. There's an abundance of mercy. And that mercy never runs out. The prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 22. The prodigal son. We just put verse 21 and 22 up for me. The, 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 the prodigal son. 
he goes away you know this son the father has two sons one of the sons the younger one the younger one says i'm going to leave this place dad give me my portion let me go and you know because the mercies of god are, are, are so great god god the father gives him he goes away misuses the things that god had given him i pray you will not misuse the things that god has given you i pray you will not misuse the opportunities that god gives you use them wisely Use every opportunity wisely, every single day. Use it wisely. But this son goes, squanders on, on, on wayward living. And eventually, he ends up broke and destitute, bitter about his own life. Ends up wishing he could eat the food of the pigs because it was better than what he was having. While he is there, the Bible says he remembers the mercy of God. And says, let me go to my father and at least ask that I should just be like one of his servants. He did not see himself as deserving again of being a son. But he says, at least I will be in the place of my father. There will be something better than the food of pigs. So he goes back. But because of the abundance of mercy, go to verse 21. And says, and, and the son said to the father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. But verse 22 says, But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Verse 23. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For my son who was lost is now found. The father has mercy on him. Instead of punishing him, I was just thinking, if it had been me talking to this son, I could have said, you had your chance. You took whatever, whatever is remaining is now for your brother. Forget it. Or maybe I could have said, yes, go and be the servants. And I said, put him on the hardest of labor because he's wasted everything that I, that I gave him. It was not a small fortune. It was a lot of fortune. But notice the mercy of God. And that mercy is available to you and I. An abundance of mercy. An abundance of mercy. Boundless. It knows no bounds. It's not moved by your sin. It's not moved by your wrongdoing. It's not moved by your getting away from God. It's not moved by your failure. It's not moved by, by whatever you have done. It's not hindered by your past. It's not hindered by your present. It's not hindered, but it's talking about your future. And it says, put a ring on him because my son is back. Let us rejoice because he's back. Why? Let's give him another opportunity because his mercies are new every morning hallelujah church there, there, there is a mercy that's new for you every single day and you need to key in to the mercy of God you need to key into that mercy of God it's abundant it's abundant you can come back to to the mercy of God and it will take you to a higher place he is elevated beyond his years why because of the mercy of God we need to walk in that mercy. We need to walk in that mercy. Mercy, mercy gives us the fresh beginning like it did to the sun. It is a living hope. There will be trials and challenges. I read verse 7, verse 7 of 1 Peter chapter, chapter 1. It says, And the trial of your faith, which being much more precious than of gold, your faith is more precious than gold, and it will be tried. 
though it be tried with fire, might abound unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You see, God wants us to be able to come out beautiful with honor as we honor him, with praise as we praise him, with glory as we give him glory. That's what his mercy is about. You see, the whole vision that we have for this place, it's about his mercy. Because he wants to transform people who are like the prodigal son. People who are like bitter like Jeremiah and show them his mercy. He wants to show them his mercy. He wants you to live in his mercy. He wants you to walk in his mercy. He wants you to, to live according to his mercy. I want to read you verse 5 and verse 9 of 1, of, of 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 5 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And verse 9 says likewise, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Mercy has power to keep us to the end. Mercy has power to keep you to the end. Tell your neighbor, mercy will see me to the end. Mercy has the power to see you to the end. It, is the, it, it says the power of God to see you to the end of salvation, where you will be revealed in his glory. Mercy has the power to see you to the end, so that you can receive the end of your faith. You see, our faith brings us into the mercy of God. And the end of our faith, we will receive it because of mercy. Mercy has the power to see us to the end. It has the power to see you to the end. If only you can just say, Lord, have mercy on me. Keep me in the mercy. Holy Spirit, let me forever remember your mercy. Let me forever see your mercy. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lord, help me to remember that mercy each and every day. And let me use the mercy in the opportunities that it presents to me. You will get to the end. You will get to the end. Mercy has the power to keep you to the end. To cause you to receive the blessedness of the hope that you have in Christ. May you stand with me as we pray. I want you to pray for yourself. And say, Lord, help me that I may stay in your mercy. It's just a prayer that you'll pray. Say, Lord, help me to stay in your mercy. And if you need the mercy of God, say, Father, have mercy on me. Remember Bartimaeus while he was at the side of the road. When he heard Jesus was passing by, he starts to shout, Son of David, have mercy on me. And you know what? Jesus had mercy on him. There is a cry, there is a shout that you can shout to Jesus and say, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. It's, and it's not, I don't want you to, it's, it's not just a mercy of forgiveness, no. Unless you need to be forgiven, cry that mercy. But it's a mercy that Lord help me to be able to get to the end. Because mercy is able to bring us to the end. Mercy is able to cause us to accomplish the purposes, the callings, the intents, the dreams, the desires, the passions. It's mercy. It's mercy. It's mercy that brings us there. It's mercy that gets us there. It's mercy that brings us there. Pray for yourself and say, Lord, help me get there by your mercy. 
Help me get there by your mercy. I know it's about getting there through your PhD, through your master's, through your job, through your project. Help me get there by your mercy. Help me get there by your mercy. Through whatever it is that you're working on, through whatever situation that you're in, the, the situation you have to deal with in your family or the situation you have to deal with in your home or, or your own personal circumstances. Lord, help me to get to the end of my faith by your mercy. It's mercy that brings us there. It's mercy that causes us to accomplish we are not consumed because of his mercy you see many things could have happened the trials that we face they could have consumed us but mercy is available to see us to the end mercy is available to see us to the end oh mercy is available to see us to the end father lord show me your mercy show me your mercy lord show me your mercy for each and every day for each and every day the mercies that are new every morning the mercies that are new every morning Lord may I be able to walk in them you see there are people that don't know the mercy of God and so they they, they don't see any hope for their lives there is no future for their life because they don't experience they don't know the mercy of God but we have an opportunity to walk and to know and to live in the knowledge the full knowledge of the mercy of God Father oh God God, your mercy, your mercy, your mercy. That is new every day. That is new every morning. My God, your mercy, your mercy, your mercy. In the name of the Lord Jesus, there is something called mercy that you need to walk in. And that mercy will bring you to the end. That mercy is abundant. That mercy is abundant. That mercy is abundant. It knows no end. It is countless. Pray, Lord, I want to experience your mercy. I want to experience your love. I want to experience your love. Oh God, I want to experience your mercy. More of your mercy in my life. More of your mercy in my life because mercy comes with favor. Mercy comes with favor. Lord, have mercy on me, Lord. Oh, cry like but like like Bartimaeus, who says, "Son of David, have mercy on me." Kerabo nanda rabakaya. In the name of the Lord Jesus, my God, my God, my God, I need your mercy, Lord. I need your mercy, Jesus. I need your mercy, Lord, in my life, Lord. More of you, more of you in my life, Lord. Oh, God. Oh, masita rabohai, riemonanda rabashikara batai. Whoever you are, you've been saying, Lord, I need that mercy. I need that mercy. Ah, riaboshika nanda rabasanda. The grace of God is here. It's abundant for you. Sheka la rabakahai, sindere rebo kujenda rabashanda rabakahai. Oh, great is the faithfulness of God. His mercies are good and new. Mm. 
Oh my God, my God, as we sing the song, His mercies are new every morning. It perhaps you are there and you say, Pastor, pray with me. Pray with me that I may experience the, the touch of God, the mercy of God. Pray with me, Lord, that I may go through this. I don't know what you're going through, but oh, oh pray with me that I may go through this. I need the mercy of God. Ah. Just come forward quickly. I will pray with you. There is an abundance of His mercy.